This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. and We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. We have no doubt people watching for the first time. Thank you for tuning in to watch. And we appreciate those who watch every time we're on the air. Thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible. Now I have a rather unusual topic today. Are you still in the first grade? Are you still in the first grade? Maybe you've seen the, uh, the game show they have on television. Are, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Well, this is not anything like that. I, I just want us to think about that question. Are you still in the first grade? Hope you'll stay tuned. Now today on our telecast, we still offer the free Bible correspondence course, and it is free. Anything that you see offered on getting to know your Bible is free. We don't ever charge money for it. And if you want a CD, that's free. If you want a DVD, that's free. Uh, I, I realize others charge for those things, but we try to make those things available without cost to you. But we want to encourage you to call for the free Bible course today. I know that you might want to know a little bit more about the course, that you might want to know how to receive the course. And so what we're going to do now is pause so you can get that information. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from the fifth chapter of Hebrews, beginning in verse 11, and I will read to the end of this chapter of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In order to become a Christian, one must study the Bible. They must believe the Bible. The Bible makes believers of people. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And then the faith that we have leads us to accept Jesus Christ as being God's Son. That is, we believe that. In John 8, 24, Jesus said, Except you believe that I am He, you'll die in your sins. And then to be a Christian, you must repent of your sins. Luke 13 and 3, Christ said, I do, uh, Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached that sermon in Acts recorded in Acts chapter 2, the very first thing he told those people to do, repent, repent, and be baptized. 
So we're to repent of our sins. We ought to be willing to acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. If we do that, according to Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, He will confess us before the Father which is in heaven. And to complete our obedience to the gospel, and to be saved from our sins, we are to be scripturally baptized for the remission of our sins. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2.38. The greatest thing that you will ever be is to be saved, to be a Christian. There are a lot of things you can do in life that, that carry with it certain uh, influence, certain glamour, but the greatest thing anyone will ever become is a Christian. You would think that if a person had been a Christian for many years, that they would be mature. But that's not always the case. I read about a teacher a, uh, who was passed over for a promotion. So the teacher went to the principal to ask why they had passed He'd been passed over for promotion. And the person that got the promotion had only been teaching for just a short number of years. And here was the principal's reason and explanation as to why the person with a, a less experience received the promotion and the person, the teacher, with a lot of experience did not. This is what he said. You've had one year of experience and you've repeated it 25 times. In other words, the teacher never made a lot of progress. They'd been just teaching the same thing over and over again, and had never grown as a teacher, had never expanded as a teacher, had never developed. You know, some Christians are like that. They have the first year of experience in being a Christian, and they've repeated it 25 times, maybe 30 times, maybe 40 times, maybe 50 times. To put it another way, they may still be in the first grade. You know, it's a dangerous thing for a person not to grow spiritually. Now, now the author of Hebrews is confronting the problem of immaturity. Listen to him. He said, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need to someone to teach you again. You see, these people were not growing as they should. Are you growing as a Christian? Or are you just repeating the first grade over and over again? How can we know? Well, what are the signs of immaturity? What are the signs that we might know that we're not growing as we should. One of those signs is mentioned down in verse 11, and he talks about those who had become dull of hearing. The people to whom this letter was written had become dull of hearing. The word dull comes from a Greek word, nothros, that is defined by W.E. Vine as slow, sluggish, or indolent. You see, what the writer was saying to these people was, was difficult, not because of the material, but because of their failure to grow 
and because of their failure to develop. And they may not, may not have always been that way. You see, they may have been like the Bereans. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, they searched the Scriptures daily whether the things being taught were so. Most people are sharp in their hearing. And at first they listen with readiness like the people in Acts 17. But then over a period of time, apathy sets in. And they become dull of hearing. Fact is, some people just want to have their ears tickled. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is writing to Timothy, a young evangelist, and he said, I, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead is appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. And then he wrote, For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and shall be turned from the truth, and shall turn unto fables. It not be the teachers with itching ears. It would be the student. It would be the, 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 the listener who would have itching ears. And they would want the preacher, they would want the teacher to say things that would be pleasing to their ears. And some have not grown and they have become dull of hearing. Let me ask, are you dull of hearing? Is the Bible a dull book to you? Are the sermons that you hear dull? If you were to attend a Bible class, would you be bored out of your mind? Remember, you get out of something what you put into it, nothing in, nothing out. Are you dull of hearing? I suspect that those that are watching Getting to Know Your Bible are not like that at all. You're watching because you want to hear and you want to learn more about the will of God. But another characteristic of those who were not growing spiritually is their inability to teach other people. Go back to verse 12 again. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. Now these people should have been able to teach other people. They'd been Christians long enough that they ought to be able to teach. They had had adequate time to grow. But, but he says, rather than you're teaching someone else, what you're in need of is someone to teach you again. You need to, you, you need to be taught again the first principles of the oracles of God. You've become dull of hearing. You, you just, you have forgotten if you ever knew it. You know, we as Christians should be able, in some way, some fashion, to teach somebody else. In Ephesians 4 and 11, Paul said that he gave some to be teachers. Christianity is a teaching religion. Jesus said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, Matthew 28, 19. And, and we ought to be teaching other people the gospel. Acts 8 and 4, when the church was scattered abroad, they went everywhere preaching the word, teaching the word. 
In 1 Peter 3.15, Peter said, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to, to give an answer to every man that, that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Well, that just simply means that as a Christian, this is not just to the preacher, but as a Christian, I should be able to tell other people why I am what I am, why I believe what I believe. Be able, be ready to give an answer. For, for if people ask you for the, a reason for the hope that is within you, are you able to teach or do you need to be taught again? You know, in verses 12 and 13, we, the writer talks about milk. He talks about milk. Notice, notice verse 12 again. You, you come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. You see, milk is often necessary. It's necessary for just a little baby. A little baby's born. Well, you're not going to feed that baby a sandwich. You're not going to fix a, uh, a ribeye steak for that little baby. No. Well, give that baby the type of food that is necessary at that stage of his or her life. There were people in the church at Corinth who were still babes in Christ. They would not grown. They had not matured. In 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, Paul said, I could not write unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. But they should have not been babes in Christ. They should have been stronger. They should have been more mature. And so they had regressed rather than making progress. You see, the milk of the Word includes the first principles or the elementary principles of the oracles of God. This, this literally means the elements of the beginning. He's talking about the ABCs of the gospel. The very things that you start out with. But our diet not only should include milk, it ought to include solid food. Listen to verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see, once we become a Christian, we're to go beyond the first principle. And if our diet is milk only, we're going to be unskilled in the word of righteousness. We will be without experience in the word of God. And we're going to remain like little babies. We're going to stay in the first grade. You may have been a member of the Church of Christ 40 years. But I ask, are you still in the first grade? Have you just been repeating the same thing you knew when you first obeyed the gospel over and over again for 40 years? Or have you made a diligent effort to grow in the Word? We need to be challenged in our study of the Bible. 
We, we need to grow deeper in the Word of God. I, I am not opposed to using uh, books or literature in Bible classes. I have used many others. As a matter of fact, I've written some books to be used in Bible classes over the years. But I'll tell you my favorite way to study the Bible in a Bible class, and, and really it's the way I enjoy preaching, just like I'm doing right now. I just like to take a passage of Scripture and just go through it and see what we can learn in that passage of Scripture. I believe that when we do that, that's when we're growing deeper in the Word. Rather than just skimming the surface, we need to get deeper and deeper into the Word of God. We need to get beyond just the first principles. And we need to be able to tell other people various things that would be the meat of the Word. But here's yet a third reason that many people are, are still immature or a sign of their immaturity. It's their inability to, to discern. Look at verse 14. Solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, notice it, to discern both good and evil. You see, even the milk of the Word trains us to know the difference between right and wrong. And by reason of use, that is, by using the Bible, we learn how to distinguish or to discern both good and evil. There are a lot of examples in the Bible that teach us that. Well, you can study the example of Ananias and Sapphira in the fifth chapter of Acts. A couple, a husband and wife, who were members of the church in Jerusalem, who lied to God and lied to the Holy Spirit about their giving to the Lord. And their lives were taken from them. Well, by studying that and reading that, I'm able to discern that it's sinful and it's wrong to lie to God and to lie to the Holy Spirit. Back in the, in the 10th chapter of Leviticus, we read about two young men, brothers, by Nadab and Abihu, who were told offered strange fire on the altar. In the uh, New International Version, it says they offered unauthorized fire. And in fact, it was unauthorized. God didn't authorize it. It's strange fire. And because they offered something to God that was unauthorized, God took their lives. Well, I can learn from that. That when God tells you how to do something, you better do it. You see, that's how you learn to discern between good and evil. And this is how we learn to develop the ability to know what is right, what is acceptable, what is good, and what is not good, and what is not acceptable. That the reason for the actions of some people that, that would reflect bad behavior is it just goes back to the fact they are incapable, they are unable, unable to discern between good and evil. And it is spiritual maturity that is the cause of the lack of this ability. And when a person is a babe and they are immature, and they're not capable of discerning what is right and what is wrong, then they're open to being led astray. And occasionally we'll hear about some individual who, who is no longer a faithful Christian, and we, we wonder, well, what happened to them? 
Well, they were just, some somebody say, well, they were just weak. That's another way of saying they were immature. That, that's another way of saying that they were just being fed milk and not strong meat. And they were not able to distinguish between good and evil. They were not able to distinguish between truth and error. And as a result, they can be led astray. Listen to Paul in Ephesians 4.14. We should be, no longer be children, that is babies, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. You know, some, some people are, they just have plots, they have schemes, they have designs as to how they're going to deceive people. And some of them that deceive others may be deceived in, in saying the things that bring deceit. But you see, if you are a strong Christian, you can discern between what's right and what's wrong. Do, do you recognize when a teaching is true to God's Word? How, how can you know when a teaching is true to God's Word? Well, I want to call your attention to a passage in the book of 1 John, chapter 4, and verse number 1. Because in this particular passage, we learn how we are able to recognize when a teaching is true or not true to God's Word. Listen to it. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, that is, every teacher, but test the spirits, test the teacher, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so the way that you can recognize when something is true to the Word of God or is not true to the Word, put it to the test. But put it to the Bible test. If I were to say to you, for example, that the world was created by God, you can put that to the, to the Bible test to see if what I said is accurate, if it's true or if it's error. And you put it to the Bible test and you go to Genesis chapter 1 and 1 and you read in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and you've put me to the test. And I will have passed the test because you can test me by the Word of God. Now, if I were to tell you that when God created the heavens and the earth, He did it over a long period of time, eons of time. And you go back and you read Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 and you read how God made everything in six days and rested on the seventh. Well, the conclusion that you ought to reach if I were to say that He created everything on those days, and those days represented eons or long periods of time, maybe millions of years, you'd say, Brother Lambert didn't tell us the truth. That's wrong because it does not match up with what the Bible says. Now, if we would use this little simple technique of, of taking the Bible and testing what men say with the Bible, then we're able to discern between truth and error. People have the inability to discern sometimes. Even the milk of the Word trains us to know the difference between what is right and what is wrong. 
And so sometimes we don't have the ability because we are still on the uh, meat, uh, on the milk of God's Word. Some are gullible, very gullible. And they're led in the wrong direction by smooth speeches and by, by, by flattering words. In Romans 16, Paul said we, we ought to avoid people like that. Mark them and avoid them. You see, I would ask you to do one thing when you hear me preach on this telecast. Test me. Put me to the Bible test. For example, numerous times I've closed getting to know your Bible reading Mark 16, 16 to you. Where Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Now that's what the verse says. Two conditions of salvation, one condition of damnation, and that's unbelief. It would have been redundant for Jesus to have said, He that believeth not and is not baptized shall be damned, because you're damned just by being an unbeliever. But the conditions of salvation are, He that believeth and are baptized shall be saved. I don't want you to take my word for that. I want you to put me to the test, and I want you to go turn to Mark 16 and read verse 16 and see... In fact, if that's what it says. If I told you, he that believeth and is baptized shall receive a thousand dollars, we'd probably get all excited. you say, well, I'll believe and I'll be baptized to get a thousand dollars. Folks, your soul's worth more than a thousand dollars. But put me to the test. Is that what the Bible teaches? It's a mark of maturity to examine and test what men say. Put it under the searchlight of God's Word. If a man's teaching the truth, he'll not be offended by your doing that. And if he's teaching error, then you need to point it out. It's a test of our spiritual maturity to be able to discern between what's right, what's wrong, what's truth, and what's error. I know it's true. The Bible, I know the Bible teaches we're to believe in Jesus, John 8, 24. John 3, 16, John... Uh, so many passages in John talk about having faith in Jesus, to believe He's a Son of God. We're to repent of our sins. Over and over the Bible talks about that, like Luke 13 and 3, Acts 2.38, Acts 3.19, Acts 17.30, 2 Peter 3.9. We're to confess our faith in Jesus. Romans 10.9 and 10. Acts chapter 8, verse 35 through verse 37. And we're to be baptized to be put into Jesus, Romans 6, 3 and 4, Galatians 3, 27. To be in the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. That's the Scriptures. Obey it today. I want to thank you for watching. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 
3-6-5-8-0. Or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.